Let's pray, Lord, how we each, one of us, need you. And we come this morning to sit at your feet, to listen to your word, because we need you. Speak, Lord, and strengthen our faith in and our walk with you. In your name we pray, amen. Go ahead and be seated. You know, I, I, you got to uh, pardon me to have put up a picture of my grandchildren. It amazes me how they're growing. And the one on the far right down the front row, that's, that's Kaya. She's the oldest. And she now has an iPod monitored in which we can FaceTime directly with her. It's hard to believe that she's already got that. And next to her is Dylan who has decided that he loves sports, every sport, and we hear all the time about the touchdowns he's made, or I guess he's going to be trying hockey soon, which uh, Sean Mulberg goes to the early service, that'd make him happy. Um, The behind is our next, uh, on Linda's lap, that's that's, uh, Robert, who is Mr. Personality, and has decided that now is a good time to enter the terrible Twos. And he's doing a good job at it. You know, that's the, the parents' revenge, right? I hope you have a child. Cho- anyway. And then on my lap is the newest one, Sharon. She is, she is growing like a weed. She, she, that's small compared to what she is now. Next to her is Haley. She's one of the five-year-olds. That's who I'm going to talk about next. They're all born the same year. Haley um, started dance this year. And then behind, that's Kellen, whom you know, who's been here. Kellen, somebody asked me, how's Kellen doing since he's been in College Station? He's grown in the month since you saw him. He's taller. Plus, he's excited today, because right now, somewhere over Wyoming is his mother coming to America. So all the immigration stuff is complete. She just has to get through customs today, and yay. (laughs) And then... uh, John Wayne, not named for the cowboy or the movie actor. John Wayne, and I always say his second name, sorry. Uh, John helped his dad cook chili for the chili cook-off. And I hear they come in third, and I think that's got to be John's doing. They're growing. But that's what kids do. In fact, if they weren't growing... We'd be worried, wouldn't we? We'd be asking, what's wrong? Growing is a natural part of life. Folks, growing in your faith is also a natural part of the Christian life. God We talked about how God uses his word to plant faith in our hearts, but his intention is that that faith would grow, isn't it? His intention is that we would grow up into all things into him who is the head, even Christ, our Lord. That we would grow in the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure, the stature, the, the fullness of Christ. He expects our faith to grow. He wants our faith to grow. 
And just as if, if our children weren't growing, we'd worry. So if we're not growing in our faith, then it's time to ask the question, what's wrong? That's really what St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and especially the third chapter, are about. Paul is concerned because he sees some signs that the, the congregation in Corinth isn't growing. And what we want to do today is we want to use Paul's words to Corinth and do our own little checkup for us to ask ourselves, how are we doing? Am I, are you, growing in your faith? Now, where do you start? Well, we look at our spiritual diet. You know, I'm, I'm a type 2 diabetic, so you can bet that the doctor always wants to talk to me about my diet. I'm a little bit like the, the man I saw in a cartoon. He was standing on a scale getting weighed at the doctor's office. That's the first thing they do to cheer you up. Um, <laughs> and the doctor says to him, no, you're not retaining water. You're retaining food. That's all too true. But food and what you eat is, is really a big part of your health, isn't it? And it's, it's a big part of the health of children. If if your child is seven years old and is still drinking milk out of the bottle and no solid food, you probably should be concerned. That's not good. Not healthy. Well, Paul takes that kind of image and he applies it to us. He applies it to the Corinthians. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Now, that was when they first met him. He said, now, here's the problem, but even now, you're not re ready. For you are still of the flesh. See, when they were new, because Paul, is the, he's the guy that, that planted the church and, and that God used to bring many of them to faith, when they were new, they weren't ready for anything more than just the simple things of the faith. But now it's years later, and many of them haven't moved past that. For many of them, it's still true, apparently, that they aren't growing. They aren't hungry for the deeper things of Scripture. The question then is, what about you and me? Why? Why is that happening? Does that happen? Is there a reason that we should be concerned when there are so many seats available in our adult Bible class? Is, is it cause to be concerned in your life or mine when other things they can be good things, they can be bad things. They can be temptation, they can just be the fact that we're busy at work. But when other things become so important, that the thing that constantly gets crossed off the list 
is our time with God. Bible study, worship, small group, whatever it is. Because you just don't have time for that. You know, when I was a kid, if I, didn't, I came to dinner and I wasn't hungry. Mom assumed, and she was right, that I had been filling up on junk food. Right? Is that what's going on? Do we fill ourselves up on spiritual junk food? These things you see on TV, the things you hear in our politics, the things on Facebook that are the busyness or the things that we think will buy us pleasure or whatever? Is, is that what's wrong? We're filling ourselves up on junk food so that we have no appetite for God's word? Is that why we're not growing? You know, I, I preached on this in the first... Um, uh, service, and I, I got a, a cartoon text in the middle of the service. didn't look at it till afterwards. I don't have my phone with me. It asked you, uh, what are you growing? Somebody looking at the garden, what are you growing? And she said, the lady answered, older and crankier. <laughs> Folks, when I, would, when I come to the table, especially now, and I'm not hungry, because Linda's a good cook. She's a very good She's a very good girl. <laughs> if I come and I'm not hungry, I inevitably miss out on something really good. Folks, if you're not hungry for God's word, you're missing out on something. I want you to listen to the invitation that God gives us in his word. This is in Isaiah 55. He says, Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. Eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. You know, I always love that, that Kelly comes up here and asks the kids whose word this is when she does her children's message. God has prepared for you in his book a spiritual gourmet meal. He invites you here to hear the story of what he did for you in Jesus again and again. To hear again about the fact that no matter what you've done or said, he forgives you. To have reborn in you every time you hear this word, the hope of everlasting life. To receive here whatever's going on in your life, the comfort of God's love. What Paul called the peace that passes all understanding. You know, and I know you're a good cook, so I can imagine when you're cooking, this is the way it is, Johnny. Yeah. When he's cooking, I'm building up his ego. Sorry, Donna. He doesn't need it. Um, When he's cooking something good or when you smell something good in the kitchen, like on Thanksgiving Day, or when you're cooking a prime rib or something like that, or smoking something, man, your mouth waters, and you get hungry. You can't wait. That's my prayer that God's Spirit would awaken in you and me that kind of thirst for Him. That He would arouse in you and me a hunger and an appetite for His Word. Because, folks, 
His word is the essential ingredient of a spiritual diet, of spiritual health. Now, second thing Paul wants us to look at is he wants us to examine our attitudes. And, and that's where Paul goes next in his letter to the Corinth. Corinthians, let's go on here in chapter 3. He says, For while there, was, there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? See, jealousy, strife, divisiveness, and there are other things you, Paul could have added to that list, are signs that our spiritual growth has stunted. And you've you got to look at yourself. I don't know if that's there in you. I know that some of those things are there in me. You know what jealousy is? That's when, that's when you're always envious of what somebody else has, and you don't. And so you're, not, you're not, not happy with what you have, and you covet what they have. And you know what that leads to? That leads to strife. You know the word for strife? Grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining about your family, your spouse, your, your neighbors, your job, your house, your church, whatever it is. And you know what that does? It leads to division, because who wants to be around somebody cranky like that? And when we're all cranky, we really get in each other's throats. And all that stuff stands in the way of God working in our lives, because see, what he wanted to change in the Corinthians, and what he wants to change in us are these very things. God wants us to grow, wants us to mature, wants our faith to bear fruit. Now, how does that happen? Well, I believe the key is a little phrase in verse 9. He says, you are God's field. A literal translation would read, you are God's cultivation. Now that changes it a little bit, doesn't it? You are God's cultivation. You know what cultivate means to cultivate? That's when, when you see a farmer out in the, in the field with a plow digging up the dirt. Or when you take, if you have a garden, take a rototiller to your garden and you rototill the dirt. That's cultivating. Or when around your plants you dig around the plants to kill the weeds. That's cultivating. Cultivating is taking the hard ground and breaking it up and turning it over so that then the farmer or the gardener or whoever can plant seeds in that ground and they can be watered and they can grow. Well, folks, that's, somebody asked me, why are we talking about crossroads? Well, we're talking about crossroads right now. One of the reasons is because crossroads are places in our lives where God does his cultivating work. Where God digs around in your life and mine. Now, folks, people say, what is a crossroads? Well, let me tell you. It's any time of transitions. You want to see a crossroads, come, come here to our preschool on the first day of school. And right, Lindsay, stand outside the two-year-old room and listen to the cries of the crossroads. 
right? As those two-year-olds, for the first time, leave home and leave mom, they're at a time of transition. They're at a crossroads. And believe me, when mom leaves and goes out the side door crying, she's at a crossroads too. It's a time of transition. And going from middle school to high school and from high school to college, that's a, that's a time of a crossroads. And when you, when you get married or your kids get married or your kids have a child or you have a grandchild, let me tell you, that's a great crossroads, by the way, <laughs> have a grandchild. Or you get a job or you lose a job. Or somebody in your family gets very sick or your mom or dad die or you retire or somebody gets married. Those are all crossroads of life times of transition, and those are the moments when God goes to work cultivating our lives, breaking up the soil in our lives so that he can make new things grow in you and me. It's, a, it's an exciting time. You know, if, you, if, you're, on a, if you're on a farmer, it's, 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 they, get, they get ecstatic. When they can at last get out on it, there's two times of the year when I see a farmer happy. When he plant crop, he cultivates and plants the crop, and when he gets to harvest it. The rest of the time he worries. It's an exciting time, but let me tell you, it's also, for us, it can be a hard time. Because when God goes digging around in our lives, sometimes it's good things, sometimes it's bad things, and often it hurts. And whatever it is, we're, God, why are you doing this? What's going on? Don't be afraid. Like I told you, every farmer I know and every gardener, and we've got a few master gardeners in this congregation, love working in the dirt. And your God loves working in you. He loves you so much that he gave his own son. Jesus loves you so much that he gave up his life for you. He died and rose again because the thing that God wants more than anything else is for you and for me to live with him forever in heaven. God's cultivating work in your life or mine is a labor of love. He does this work because he wants us to grow. He wants to plant the seeds. He wants to water the seeds. He wants to pull up the weeds. He wants us to draw closer to him. You know, when I think about how God does this, I, and I know I've talked about him before, and Cheryl Webb knows I'm going to talk about him, her husband Wes. Last year when he had heart trouble and um, cancer and so forth, God, at that crossroads in his life, went to work on Wes. And man, did his faith come alive. And this man who really hadn't been that interested in Jesus before was all of a sudden writing down Bible verses he had heard and keeping him on cards and pulling him out and reading him whenever he needed them because he, he was hungry for God's word. God was creating that hunger in him. God was cultivating his life at a, a very painful point in his life, getting him ready for the most important transition we ever go through, the one from this life to the life to come. Because God loved 
And I'm going to tell you something. He used all sorts of different people in Wes's life. He used Brenda and Cheryl and Pastor Bauer and others and friends who, who shared their faith with him. Just, just like Paul is saying, you know, they're arguing in, in, uh, in Corinth over who, which pastor they like best. And Paul kind of says, quit it. He says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but it's God who gives, gives the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. That's what God wants, that you and I would grow together in our relationship with him. That's why God does his cultivating work in our lives. And so the question I want you to ask as you leave here today is, how is it going? Are you? Am I? Growing at the crossroads. Amen? Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting.